Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and in this episode, we're going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. I'm excited today because I'm podcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, and I have with me Diana Toma, who is originally from Romania and has transplanted herself here in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, she is an artist and has been engaging in the art community since 1995, showcasing her work at over 100 international group exhibitions and eight solo art shows. She has a master's degree in fine art from the prestigious Romanian University of Art and Design. I won't even say the name of the city because <laughs> it's got vowels and letters that I don't recognize. Um, Diana is often invited to judge and um, jury art shows and speak on behalf of the working artist on open panels such as the Mayor's Office of Cultural Affairs and the Contemporary Museum in Atlanta. In 2015, she became the grand prize winner at the Michael's Springtime Paris, a national contest with over 11,000 submissions. Between 1995 and 2019, she's won an array of awards on state level, national, and local levels. She's been showcased in magazines, billboards, and everywhere you could imagine. <laughs> so, Diana, it's so awesome to have you here. I appreciate you making the time out of your day to, to come in and have a conversation. Hi, thank you for inviting me. This is lots of fun. Yes, so I'm, so I'm really interested in the fact that you spent the first 30 years of your life in Romania, which... For the first half of your part of my years, life was a communist country, right? Correct. And then there was a revolution, and I'm wondering, like now that you're here in the U.S. or here in Atlanta, if you are aware of any differences around money concepts or uh, money beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. There's a big. I I've, I have the I had the opportunity to teach a lot of students here. I teach painting classes. I met with about 700 people, uh, so I've started recognizing the differences, the cultural differences in how we talk about money and how we see money, and um, the, uh, I've definitely been influenced by uh, being raised in for the first 15 years of my life in a communist type of environment which by the way back then it wasn't a big deal it was just our reality we made the best of it right uh, we didn't recognize it as communism was just how I grew up and then just watching my parents and seeing their conversations now um, around money that are still being dragged you know all these years I'm 44 years old now um Am I 44? I think I'm 43. <laughs> so um, I was just sharing with you earlier that I just purchased my first home here in the United States literally a few weeks ago. So uh, I'm still having, I still, the conversation I have with my parents are so different than the conversations I have with my peers here and my colleagues here. You know, there's still this, uh, back then, back there in Romania, there's this kind of cultural fear of failure that's like very prevalent. Are you gonna be able, especially as an artist, right. are you gonna be able to um, carry on this successfully and not get yourself in any type of financial trouble? The main thing about being in a, a growing in a communist society is there's really no middle class. Mm. You know, there's there's the 
leaders who are corrupt and there are rich and there's the rest of the people. So uh, we haven't really been raised uh, with this consciousness of, um, you know, like you work harder, you make more money, you, mm-hmm. there's a difference for it. Because everybody was, that, that's what communism is. It's right. common. You can't, in commune, everything. Right. Everybody has kind of the same. So did you, so in that switch, do you have to, uh, how did you learn to budget? Like how did you, did you just get a whole bunch of money and bought the house or did you have to learn and educate yourself around finances? Did you carry some of that fear that your parents and the culture had around being an artist and going for it? Great question, Zola. I'm really very responsible. It's a good word, responsible financially. I, one of the good things I think I took from my parents is that uh, I don't want to have debt. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to spend the, uh, only what I can afford. Um, having like, don't, you know, there's this say like, don't go farther than your cover covers in Romania. If oh, I, am okay. I like that. So um, I had to switch because I ended up taking a loan for my, my house. So I had to uh, allow myself uh, to think differently about how to uh, go about money. Because until now, until 43 years old, I've had absolutely no debt of any kind. Oh, nice. And what I've noticed is that in the American way of thinking, is different. It's yeah. very different. People buy on credit a lot. Yes, they do. Yes. <laughs> There's lots of debt here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I wanted to do things the way in my philosophy mm-hmm. uh, feels right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, um, I've, I uh, saved money to have... Um, a really significant down payment, so mm-hmm. I will keep my mortgage uh, as low as lower than I, if I, if I would have rented. Right. And but um, uh, mostly was more about getting in this mindset of creating uh, a business. Mm-hmm. The, the purchase of this house is really uh, uh, for my business, so I can grow my business uh, bigger. Because I'm creating this living, working environment where people can come in and take workshops. And uh, finding the right space and house for uh, something like that was a true challenge. Because it needs to be uh, geared towards having a group of people in. uh, High ceiling, very open white spaces, tunnels of natural light, easy access, parking for multiple people. Right. So I, there were a lot of, and see, I have, I'm a single parent. I have two children. So uh, schools were important as well. And you have a name for it. Um, yes, I like to call it my art castle. The art castle, <laughs> which I love. I just think that is just, yeah, I, I, I love castles and I love art. So it's a nice combination. Yeah, Europe is really known for having a lot of castles. And uh, that's kind of what I, the, the, the charm that I bring back from you know growing up there i grew up in a, a very beautiful city it's called the uh, little vienna uh timisoara is the name with uh, streets with cobble, cobble streets paved and nice. uh 
uh, uh, canal with little businesses and restaurants along the way. Very charming. Um, so um, my first idea is it all came out from reading this question on Facebook. Someone asked, what would you do if you would have unlimited resources? Mm-hmm. And I got really surprised by most of the answers that I was reading were in the realm of, you know, I'll pay my debts, I'll um, send my kids to college, or I will uh, gift my family some money, but mm-hmm. nobody came up with any. I thought, wow, like if I would have unlimited resources, I could be as creative as I want, mm-hmm. and I could create anything I could imagine. And um, that for me is just creating a community around what I love most, and mm-hmm. that is art and painting. So um, I started really thinking, what would I do if I would have unlimited resources? And this art castle was the idea that I want to create this space where people can come uh, and get out of the everyday hustle and uh, enter this space that's so creative, nothing looks normal. Sheep stone flying on the wall or anything, you know, like I'm still thinking of how to create this space, but I want you to be just, uh, taken out like of your regular way of thinking come take this break and really connect with your inner creativity and start thinking of life a little bit different more play- playful mm-hmm. and uh, uh, tap into your creative uh, potential which I think we are all born with yeah it sounds like unlimited possibilities yes, yeah I love that word possibilities yeah do you so how does one go from being 30 years old in a communist country being an artist to, Oh, I think I'll go to the United States and just, uh, start all over. See, I never thought that I'm going to move to the United States. It all came about that. I fell in love with an American. Oh, one of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I said, all right, let's get married. Like in Romania, you still needed a visa to come to the United States. Mm So uh, I came with a fiancé visa, the craziest process ever. Okay. Uh, Now uh, my husband, but he's my ex-husband. I'm single now. (laughs) So that's how I end up being here. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like, you know, following some romantic uh, ideas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was never something I thought of Mm -hmm. uh, growing up there that I would ever live in another country. But now hindsight looking uh, at my, uh, where I am right now with my life and with my career and with my, who I am as a person, I think was really needed for me to move countries to, uh, especially like move towards West to uh, the, over here in the United States. And many of people who are born here don't realize it of how an open-minded type of energy is here Mm -hmm. where you can really grow and expand yourself. And I've been noticing since I'm teaching these classes that um, this difference in living there versus living here, I would say in Romania there's a lot of um, sort of sarcastic, uh, pessimistic type of, at least when I was there, I don't Mm -hmm. know, maybe it's changing now, but with the new generation, but um, in terms of art, um, in my home city, the grotesque art was kind of in fashion and the thing to to do, um, and that really limited my what I was into because I love 
beauty and I love um, to really investigate with impression an impressionistic approach where you create emotion through your art. So that was not really a color. I love color. That was not v- something that you would be kind of ridiculed for doing it. So moving here in the West really gave me the opportunity to discover myself of who I want to be as an artist. And I think that wouldn't have happened if I would have continued to stay in Europe, in yeah, Romania. Well, and, and my perception may be false, but I have a have a belief around Eastern Europe is just having a heaviness. Yeah. Like there's just this heaviness and the colors are a little bit darker and it's, it's, um, I don't want to say it's grim, but it's always on the, on the edge of a storm on the, you know, it's just overcast. Yeah. There's something and maybe it has, you know, something to do with the history and maybe it's just a personal thing. Maybe other Romanian fellows will listen to this and say, what the heck are you talking about? But <laughs> with my personal experience, it really landed like that. So, um, um, you know, I, I, when I teach these classes and I hear people complaining, Americans, mm-hmm. I realize, wow, like you don't, re- I don't think you really understand what a wonderful uh, energy and mindset there is in the United States until you haven't lived in another culture and right. really lived for a long time. So, um, I think we take a lot of stuff for granted here. Yes. Yes. Um, I love traveling and I've been to many, many places in a lot of, uh, developing countries and I have much appreciation and much gratitude, uh, for so much that I've taken for granted. Yeah. And then not, that's not to say that Romania is not a wonderful, you Absolutely. know, like uh, one the, the things that I've taken with me, uh, especially in those first 15 years before the revolution happened, is that we didn't really have access to um, internet or information or even movies. There were about a couple of hours of TV, mostly communist propaganda. Nobody was watching. <laughs> so what I grew up was, was really reading books. My parents had this uh, giant library. Mm. It was actually called the library room with a wall full of books. And then uh, just hanging out with friends and playing games and um, I had the key around my neck. My parents would send me outside and we would play all day long from morning to evening. They didn't have to worry about me. And so creating a lot of community and mm-hmm. inventing games. And, you know, that that's very charming. I look at how my kids are playing and it's very different. It's mostly <laughs> tablets and yes. uh, you're kind of afraid to let them go hang out outside. There's, mm-hmm. It's so weird because you're in this uber-developed society, but then you hear these stories about kids being kidnapped and and then uh wow like back home in romania we didn't have those worries though like even though it seems like a backward society right now to develop we did have that safety of just being able to be outside and not worry about where your kids are so there's parts of that upbringing that i really value and cherish and love like you know reading a lot it really influenced i still love to read i still buy books mm-hmm. when i um, moved to this house my friends uh, advised me to give up my library because they said hey you have like uh, this 
uh, online books. You can read everything on an iPad, right? You don't. Mm-hmm. You just like I, I, I subscribe to Audible. I listen to audiobooks too. But it's just there's something about that charm is so in. in graved in me i love how book smells i love yeah. to turn the pages so that's uh you know there's a lot of things that i take with me that i value from that culture yeah. and uh, i think uh, ideally i would like to perhaps create this business model where i am there a few months a year and bring americans to get to know that culture through art creating yeah. art camps and retreats and then come back here and uh, live here mm-hmm. where I, I love, I love being in the States. It's a beautiful place to be. I think. Do you talk with your kids about money? Yes. Uh, and that's, I had to force myself. I realizing, um, so number one, both of my kids want to be artists and, um, my oldest daughter is uh, 18 years old and wants to be an illustrator or animator, something in the digital realm. And my youngest, uh, 12, wants to be a special effects uh, artist, you know, with f- they work for movie sets to create all those gruesome type yeah. of yeah, <laughs> makeup and stuff. Uh, or a tattoo artist, something like that. And I'm so excited that uh, I have the opportunity to show them that yes you can make a living out of your art as an an artist because the conversation about being an artist is still very disempowering absolutely Um, i mean people say being an artist is not a real job go get a real job right right. that's kind of absolutely did your parents say that my parents i think they were mixed in between they realized that um i'm really not good at anything else (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so they, my mom is very talented. She wanted to be an artist. Her parents mm. told her, like, there's no way. What, how are you going to leave? Are you going to knock on people's door trying to sell a painting? There's not a way to leave. So uh, they made her become an engineer. So, and then um, my sister is talented too. And uh, end up becoming an engineer and was very unhappy she's seven years older than me so they kind of learned the lesson by the time I got to high school they said you know what maybe we should encourage her so they supported me to uh, go to art college but uh, in the same time they were guiding me towards the commercial route like be maybe a graphic designer or something like that that Mm -hmm. still has the appearance of a real job right (laughs) yeah and that's, I think that's true here too, that there's something about artists are starving or yes, it's the not myth of the starving artist, the myth Very. of the starting artist, starving artist. And do, um, even, but now, even though that you're making money as an artist and you're, you know, you're following your passion, are there any places where you, uh, financially self-sabotage yourself? Oh, what an interesting question. I think, I think, um, uh, maybe this is the biggest challenge an artist has is pricing their work. Mm. And I have um, other artists coming and asking me questions and like, how do I price my work? I just got a phone call a few days ago. I get this all the time. And that's such a... Um, how do you even answer that? Because I'm still figuring things out myself. And it's, it's so much uh, on your attitude towards your art uh, and mostly the relationships you create with people. Right. 
um, and how you see yourself. I, I, I this month I'm really excited. I saw my biggest painting, and uh, uh, I got really close to a five-figure number, which is so exciting for mm-hmm. me as an artist to see that this is possible. But um, it's still difficult, even though I had some. I know this is possible, right? I'm still like every time I have to price my work, I'm thinking, oh, people want have that kind of money or who am I going to, yes, it's a lot. I'm still having a struggle with, even though I have proof, yes, it works. You do sell your work. You know, the last few years, I, um, last year, I think I sold over a hundred paintings, which I'm so excited uh, and uh, keep, so I make my living mostly out of um, selling my work uh, uh, and, when I started out, it was mostly out of teaching, mm. and now the balance kind of shifted, shifted. and that—that's nice. how. That's I think as a artist, as a full-time artist, where I really want my income to come from—from from yeah. really the work that I create for myself uh, and that people want. Well, it's interesting when I was, you know, on a certain <laughs> level, you're saying this is what I'm worth. And then people either say, yeah, I'm willing to pay your worth or I'm not. Right. Or do you undersell and, and take what's given or do you say, this is, this is my value. And And it's all made up, you know, right. It's arbitrary. (laughs) It's very arbitrary. It's it's perceived value. Right. And the artists who sell, they were for tens of thousands of dollars and others, they sell for $60. Right. So there's all area in between and, uh, a, a lot of it is marketing and understanding uh, how that works. And, um, you know, it's a business like any other business that you create, you know, a business plan and you finally learn a lot along the way. Well, mm-hmm. um, um, I would say that it's so important to do something you love because even if it um, seems hard or you don't know how to start that kind of passion, and the love that you have for uh, something you are interested in would really carry you through those times when you're freaking out that you don't know how you got your next uh, paycheck is going to come from. And actually, um, my whole business started out of a giant breakdown. So these days I say, you know, get excited about your breakdowns because <laughs> every breakthrough is preceded by a breakdown. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I was getting divorced uh, my sec- second time. So now I was in the United States. You know, I came to marry this wonderful American. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and things were now working out. And I really had no connections here whatsoever. You know, yeah. like I, that's, I didn't have family here. I didn't have friends we just like first I moved to Brooklyn New York lived there Mm. for three and a half years and then we had just moved to Atlanta so we I really again did not know anybody here and I used to do some graphic design for my ex-husband company so that was gone too Uh because we were getting divorced so now here I am with two children trying to figure out what the heck am I going to do right and um you know I had a master's degree in fine arts and uh, still thinking, you know, and I, I had always sold work since I was in college. I, my work always sold in in some galleries or show I had, but I never 
really dared. I was still buying into the myth of the starving artist, so I never dared to really see myself as an artist. See, with artists, it's such dicey, because if you meet someone introducing themselves as I'm a doctor, you assume that they do practice medicine, right? Right. But if you meet an artist, you're not sure if that's a hobby or he's a professional. Right. You really don't know. So... um being a full-time artist, that's why I'm adding this when I introduce yeah. myself, it really means that you, you know, like I, 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 I make a living out of art. So um, my husband and I were getting divorced and he was paying some child support and then he lost his job and could not oh. pay that. So boom, there I am. And on top of it, my parents were visiting from Romania. So <laughs> I had to, you know, buy food and I don't want them to worry Right. So, uh, out of, there goes the husband and there goes the job. And I, don't worry. It's yeah, all good. So here I was, uh, maybe I had like money left on one month of rent. I had moved out and I was renting a place. So, uh, out of that breakdown, like being really at the bottom, uh, you know, the good thing about being at the bottom is that no way, no other way, but up. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so I just, um, uh, challenge myself to uh, go and start teaching, Mm -hmm. which um, I thought for years, I thought that I I cannot teach. I don't know to teach. What am I? No, because, you know, I wasn't really professing being a full-time artist. So I felt like a hypocrite, like an imposter of some sort. Like, how am I going to teach you? What what is it that I can teach you? And that's, you know, just a big fat lie like your mind really tricks you into thinking you cannot do certain things Mm -hmm. so uh, going through that breakdown was really the catalyst of me saying you know what um, I'm going to uh, give this a shot and see how it works actually I was still taking some graphic design jobs and I had a really beautiful creative uh, position as a temp as a graphic designer for, we were doing some project for Coca-Cola. They were really wonderful. My boss was fantastic, lovely, and I was still very unhappy. That's, that's the moment when I realized that what I'm truly passionate about is art and painting rather than, I thought that if I just do something creative and I would make good money, then I'm good to go, like I'm happy. And until I haven't gotten the job where it was bringing me really okay, uh, money and doing something creative uh, until I realized I'm still unhappy with, you know, going working in the cubicle. So um, after that position ended, I got another 10 position that I ended up being fired from. And uh, at the same time, I was uh, I applied for a, a solo show in downtown Atlanta. The same day I got fired, uh, it came the email came in saying, yes, we want you to be there at the show. And then I, I was so miserable. I was going through this emotional turmoil of getting divorced and doing a job I didn't really like and uh, getting fired from something I don't like. That's kind of was the pivoting point when I said, you know, I'm not going to do anything. I, I, not that I don't want to. I just, I'm not emotionally capable of doing one more thing I don't love because I was feeling so low emotionally, so mm-hmm. drained. So that's the moment when I said, I think I'm going to give, you know, uh, my full attention to try making a living out of art. 
So at that first show, I sold a piece for $1,400 and a couple of other pieces for $500, I think. You know, my divorce lawyer bought <laughs> two of my pieces. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> and that covered my next couple of months of expenses. And I said, you know what, I think I can do this. Cool. And then the next two years were really a roller coaster of figuring out like how in the world I'm going to make this happen. And I started saying yes to everything, absolutely everything, even opportunities that uh, I, I did not see them as opportunities. They turned out being opportunities, mm -hmm. but um, any kind of call to art, I would say yes to one of my uh, friends said I have an artist who's sick and we're trying to fundraise for her I said yes to that I donated a piece like other artists will say how would you want to donate a piece when you don't you need to make money that's so silly like stop you have to focus on <laughs> selling right mm -hmm. but I said yes to every opportunity and then that person for example end up the sick artist end up uh, sending my way all her private Uh, lesson students um, saying, wow, I'm so appreciative. I used to teach in Atlanta. Do you want my students? And that's wow. how I started teaching. Or anything, anything that would, anybody wanted anything that I could contribute to, I started saying yes to. And then out of nowhere, I've started building this. This was even before starting teaching classes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I really hardly had any relationship at all. So um, I applied for all kind of contests, and then that I, I heard you earlier on in the intro mentioning the the uh, competition I won. That was phenomenal. It was a national competition. There were over eleven thousand entries, and I won the grand prize. And that was an all expenses uh, paid trip for two to Paris, France. Mm. So I took my 13-year-old daughter, daughter and just traveled there. And out of that, I created a whole new way of living. I said, every summer, I'm going to take a month off and just travel. Nice. And uh, so we're extending our trip. They paid for our tickets and everything to go to Paris. And we end up uh, walking Europe for three weeks. So every time I would uh, do a trip like this, I would say, like, how can I cover my expenses? Uh, One year I did, I would paint postcards posted on my Facebook and people could purchase them for $40. Art the Travels, I called it, that covered my entire expenses for the next year being away a whole month. So it just became a really fun game to play, creating this artistic career. And, um, you know, right now I'm, I'm making a full living supporting my uh, kids out of just uh, selling art and painting related activities. I um, recently accepted this uh, position to be the um, president of the International Watercolor Society, the uh, branch in the USA. Uh, we've, we're, I'm helping other artists submit our, uh, work in over a hundred countries all mm. over the world. Um, I've collaborated with, uh, big companies, uh, to do all kind of cool art projects for them. I've been teaching classes. I've been traveling. I've been winning all kind of awards. The, the good part of winning awards is not just that you know it looks good on paper but they all come with some money prize so that's another way that us artists uh, make a living out of art 
So uh, it's just, it became a lot of fun to uh, uh, figure out ways of how to make a living out of being an uh, artist. That's awesome. Um, and I love that you've made a game out of being able to pay for expenses and understanding that there's a necessity of having a financial source of revenue um, to continue to fund your art and fund your life and take care of your children. Yeah. And I think some people, I, I know I have a lot of friends that still believe that you have to be a starving artist, that your art's not pure. If you are not starving, you know, that has to be a gift. Um, so it, it's, I love hearing that there's intentionality uh, and consciousness in, in making choices now that you've, uh, you know, made this journey and, and gotten financially successful. What do you want people to experience when they see your art? Like, and, and, and why is art important to the world? Oh, wow. A load of questions. (laughs) I want to address them all. Uh, first, I just want to say what you, the previous comment was that, uh, you know, artists consider they need this purity of creating art, and I still I agree to it to a certain extent, and I, that's very important to my work too. Like I want to be able to sell the work that I want to create mm-hmm. rather than what sells, where what uh, and that's like in quotas because there is no such thing as what sells. It's what it's really the what I've noticed the art that's. I sell the most is the one that I create when I'm really excited and passionate about my subject matter. And other artworks that I stay and labor and try to be smart, create smart art, they, they stay in my studio for months, years, mm. sometimes. So it's, yeah, I still think it's very important to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the best word. And create from that pure place of you're just... Um, investigate with the material and with your ideas uh, but what I've identified is that I have this and many artists do too um, this disempowering conversation about making money like like that could somehow compromise the quality of your art and what I've discovered is actually making money it helps create bigger projects and helps you be able to come up with ideas that uh, you won't be able to bring to life if you don't have the financial resources. So um, that was a very important uh, thing to to realize and discover and switch my mindset around it. Um, this money is what you make it mean. It is, there's no meaning in itself, right? So it's mm-hmm. all... Um, we are mini-making machines, and uh, I discovered that if I create these empowering meanings, uh, it doesn't really work, you know. So um, switching that and saying money is fantastic to have as an artist because you can do bigger projects and maybe involve a community as well, um, that was important. And then... Um, I forgot the second question. Why why is art important to the world and what do you want people to experience when they see your art? Yes. Well, I don't necessarily, like I love my art to, I don't create art for people to experience something. 
I create because I have this inner need to express myself. And it happened that people do have an emotional reaction to it. Mm -hmm. And that's fantastic. But if I am to create something for them to experience something, it, it becomes inauthentic because I can't, I don't know what people experience. All I can do is create and then put it out there and see what the reaction is. And uh, I had wonderful reactions. Some people even tear up or cry and say, like, come and have conversations. Even if they don't purchase, they just come. They, they feel this need to come and express to me what looking at this piece did to them. And that's very satisfying to me as an artist. But it comes just as a bonus. It's not the goal on which mm-hmm. I have in mind what I create. Uh, um, again, going back to that purity, when I, when I keep a pure intention while creating art. Um, so um, what in my classes, for example, I love to have people fall in love with painting. Mm-hmm. That, that's my intention there. When I decided to start teaching, I said, no, I can create anything right now. I can do absolutely anything. What's my intention for creating this class? Why is the reason for me uh, teaching? And I said, uh, love, like fall in love with this, with painting. Mm. Uh, I could have said, you know, learn techniques or any other, like how we are taught that traditionally a class should go like. Mm -hmm. But I wanted people to feel... Uh, to be a con that I would be a conduit and this class would be a safe place where, and it's all coming really from my experiences in life of feeling isolated by moving to a new country and not having relationships. I wanted people to feel a knowledge and connected and create community where they feel uh, uh, open uh, to create friendship around art mm-hmm. um, I didn't want to do any harsh critiques in the class because I think artists are very sensitive and it's really not helpful to do that. Though that's a big part of a traditional class. But I have people coming back to my classes for years because of this kind of safe environment I I want to create. So I wanted them to fall in love with painting, become fully self-expressed and create community, a non-judgmental community Mm. uh, for this. So... Um, I've become a better artist out of teaching these classes. Uh, I, I can do, I do whatever I want with these classes. It usually goes like this. I switched the way I approach creating a class. If I want to learn about something, then I create a class about it. Right. Not the other way around. Like I'm waiting to get good at something and then I go teach it. And that was a, also a really big um, realization that I get is that you get better at something as you practice it right if you wait for it to become good at it you will cut yourself down of the opportunity to actually learn it how would you learn if you don't start it so um you know i've uh started i said I, right now i want to learn a bit about everything so i paint um you know people and cityscapes and uh um, wildlife and uh, all in this depressionistic approach where you really it's about the emotion creating some sort of a visceral reaction mm. so um, that's it did I did I yeah, no, that's, <laughs> well you know I mean what I'm what I'm 
you know, the takeaway for me is what I'm really hearing is, um, like find your passion, come from your passion, um, fully express yourself. Um, and if, you know, and you've created a safe environment for other people to do that, but to be able to fully express yourself, um, say yes to everything, um, just welcome things in and, and actually welcome your breakdowns. Yes. Um, Get excited about your breakdowns. Get excited about your breakdowns. (laughs) And it sounds like, um, there's a level of, of trusting yourself even without knowing, um, what's going to unfold, but there's something about being grounded in, in knowing who you are. Yeah. So where I would worry is, uh, like, because I mean, I'm still, you know, fearful. Sure. Uh, but I don't let my fear stop me. Right. So maybe that's where the trust, mm-hmm. um, manifests right. is that, uh, uh, I, you know, I still don't know how this is going to work out, but I don't make that be the main answer right. or, or no, the main question I'm asking, but rather be uh, following the path of my highest excitement. That's my GPS. This is how I go about creating a business. Does this excite me? Is this the most exciting thing that I can think of doing right now? And that's uh, that goes. It's it's an emotional response to it. It's beyond even the analytical yeah. mind, because uh, your mind will take you to really dark places, rob you, and leave yeah. you for. <laughs> well, I, I love that the path of highest excitement. Yes, that's that's awesome. Where can people find you on social media? Oh, uh, so you can find me and everywhere on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, um, at Art by Diana Toma. Uh, my website is also artbydianatoma.com. Uh, you spell my name D-I-A-N-A-T-O-M-A. I love to connect with people. Um, I, I love the comments I get on my social media posts and I answer to everybody. The creating community, I think, was is big part of, for me personally, uh, being an artist now because with no audience you end up being isolated in your studio and um not clearly understanding the power of art oh yes that was your other question you know what's the power of art it's really like be able to create an emotional response that changes your state of being yeah that is awesome Well, I so appreciate you being here today and having these conversations around art and money and following your passion. Uh, It's yeah. So I wish you much, much more success and much more paths of highest excitement in this journey. (laughs) And I just want to say to our listeners, please don't forget to share the laughs. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. If you have a question you'd like to ask us or one of our future guests, you can visit our website, moneyyoushouldask.com, and click on Ask Bob. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. For more tips, stories, financial tools to help you have a healthier relationship with money, be sure to check out themoneynerve.com. And if you're interested in buying the book, you can find The Money Nerve at Amazon.com. And Diana, I just want to say again, thank you so much for showing up today and being willing to be vulnerable and sharing your experience. It, it was it was an awesome conversation and 
Thank you for inviting me. It's really uh, important, I think, to talk about money uh, and be as open as, like you say, vulnerable about it because uh, that's how other people who may want to become an artist get uh, inspired and encouraged. So thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk to you today. I appreciate it.